0: Go. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's your favorite benevolent dictator. It's me, President Obonja. I hope you're all doing well and getting ready for the Christmas, uh, even though it's not been canceled. Uh, I don't know where you guys are. I know I've got listeners from all over the world, from Australia to Indonesia. But where I am currently residing, because I'm still under house arrest, it's clear to me, based on the information that my people have told me about the British government, that we are now in tier three, which means that, you know, constant lockdown until the new year. And I haven't done any Christmas shopping. I feel so sorry for my neighbor, because I might need their Christmas turkey. Don't tell them, but that might, what might happen. But I am so pleased to um, welcome our next guest. Uh, I This is episode 17 of If Comedians Rule the World. And just let me tell you a little bit about Durasay, who is a London-based actor and physical performer. His passion of physical theater and movement has allowed him to travel and perform at various international festivals around Europe, as well as UK venues, such as Royal Albert Hall, Royal Opera House, and Leeds Grand Theater. Let me just repeat that. These are all royal venues. Royal Harvard Hall, Royal Opera House, and Leeds Grand Theater. And if you don't know these venues, then you don't know anything. As a bilingual voice artist, not only is he a physical performer as a dancer, he's also a voice artist. He has worked with clients such as Google, Xbox, X Media, Expedia, all in Swedish. So maybe one of the things that might happen today is that Dura say, might teach me how to speak uh, Swedish, if that's the way it is, or Sweden, whatever it is. Uh, with over five years, not only not only is he a physical performer, not only is he a model, he's actually a model with over five years of professional modern experience. He has modeled for brands such as Gucci, New Look, Horse Puppies, Nikkei, Nikkei, as Nigerians call it, and Adidas. Look, you, you, you would hear, I never said anything about Primark or Lido, let me just repeat his modern experience. His modern experience is Hush puppies. Gucci, new look, Hush puppies, Nikkei or Nike, and Adidas, no Primark, no Lido. Very, very, you know, sophisticated designer places. And in 2018, he choreographed the opening and closing on Ben Sharma's catwalk show at London Men's Fashion Week at Somerset House. This man, I call a brother, is very, very talented, as you can tell. He is very talented. So give it up for Durase. How are you,
1: Durase? I'm good. Wow, what well, an introduction. <laughs> Yes, I, I didn't know that, that's how Nigerians pronounce Nike, Nike. Yes, Nike. I love it, I, love it. I, mean, I, I know Google. I know Google, but like Nike, that's...
0: Nike. Um, Nikkei, don't, Nikkei. That's, they don't really call it that way, it's just that Nike it's a Yoruba name, and as far as I'm concerned, it should be called by its Yoruba name, you know, that's what we call cultural appropriation, they just took that name and changed it to Nike, you know?
1: Nothing, nothing would surprise me, do you know what I mean? I, I can't agree, I can't disagree, but nothing would surprise me, yeah. Do some research on that. <laughs> How have you been? I'm trying to remember,
0: not because assignments are set in, I'm trying to remember when I where we met. I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, we met at a comedy gig somewhere in Tottenham or Manor House, and there was someone who was hosting some kind of event there. And that's how yes. I met you with another friend of mine called Rick Pistol.
1: and yes, so, yes.
0: And it so happened that that was the beginning of my comedy career, which was well over 11 years
1: ago. Wow, well, I don't think it was, that. I think it was like eight years ago. Come on, don't don't, don't try to make yourself feel older, like, it was like eight years ago. I never said I was old, I'm mature. it's you trying to remember. <laughs> I'll come to I called the dictator old man. That's, it's that's okay. Cool. It's okay. This is what happens when this is what happens when you
0: conduct an interview in a democratic country. You know, you're allowed to just say what you need to say. But yeah, that was that was and you know what's really interesting about that gig is that I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what comedy was. I just went on stage and I did what I needed to do. I didn't even have a set, I just said something said a few things so people were just laughing
1: some people some people have it Do you know what i mean like it's, it's literally just well saying some people actually just have it
0: yeah um, but
1: then i look about i look at
0: where i was and where i am now and where you are because you have done fantastically well in terms of growth it's just unbelievable i remember going on the a, on a, going back to london this was before the lockdown and i saw a poster of you and i said no be him yeah. <laughs> now. I see your face all over the place. Well done.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so how's it? Let's start. Let's start with this uh challenging times that we have had over yeah.
1: the last nine months or so. How have you coped and how has that affected your industry? Wow, um, I mean, it goes without saying the industry has been um it's 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 been it's been flogged i see. Uh, you know uh, especially if you, if you do theater a lot of my friends do theater um one, one of my housemates who's uh, who's a poet and also an actor and he does musical theater um he was literally about to go on stage when they closed everything like literally about to go on stage when it's like guys we have to close the show everyone's have to go home um and i was the week i was about to perform at the uh, um, english national opera i was doing i was doing rehearsal um that same week, everything got cancelled, which I, I knew that was gonna happen. I, I had a feeling that was gonna happen. So I was kind of mentally prepared. Um so in, a, in the stage industry and the events industry, that I mean it's it definitely got a thrashing, you know. Um and it's it is really heartbreaking. It is it, it, it was really heartbreaking to see that. Um saying that, however, despite that I've been taking things one day at a time. So when everything got closed down and it was like, whoa, I threw myself into other stuff. I, I started, um, I was lucky enough to get a full-time job um, from home, which was um, starting COVID-related treatments to hospitals, um, completely different skill. I'm really grateful for that. Um, but I just threw myself into things because I'm, 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 I always need to do something. So that was my way of distracting things. And I've been taking things one day at a time. But saying that, um, the past, I would say what nine months since it all happened. I've been, I've been very, I've just, I've had a lot to be grateful for. Um, I've I've actually managed to work in July. um, The film industry didn't hit, didn't didn't take as much of a hit as the theatre industry. So, BBC and all these, BBC and ITV and all these media, media production companies, they started filming in May. Uh, May and June, they were already filming. I was already filming in around July. I was already filming something and um, I voiceover work, I mean, which is relatively COVID safe. So I ended up doing a lot more voiceover work than I've done in the past, like the past five months. I've been doing a lot of voiceover work, which I'm really grateful for, uh, both in Swedish and English. Um, So, yeah, I've I've um, I've developed this huge attitude for gratitude. Wow. Year. Wow. You you are just
0: a great testament of the things I have been saying to people that there are people who have actually survived the pandemic by getting jobs or actually bettering themselves. And it's just really amazing to hear. Oh. Amazing to hear your story uh, in that respect. And you're a black man who speaks Swedish. Can you say <laughs> some? You know, and I don't mean to stereotype, but can you say some Swedish
1: to me? What do you want me to say in Swedish? I mean, it's like just say, yeah. uh, "President Bonhoeffer is the greatest dictator." Okay, right. All right. So I'm, I'm just to explain before I start speaking. I'm, I'm from Stockholm. I grew up in Stockholm. Okay. Um, and so my, my, my Swedish accent is very Stockholm. It's like being from the UK and having, having a London accent. So, so I, I, so yeah. it's so basically, just uh, you know, if anyone wants to know, so there's so many different accents since Dialects, we'll yeah. Later. Well, okay, so what do you want? me so you want to say President Obong is the greatest, right? Yeah. Okay, right. Um, I'll, 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 you know, I'll milk it out a little bit. I'll just do the whole introduction, right? Yeah. Hej allihop, jag är Jag sitter just nu här i min videointervju med President Obong, en av de mest kramgåsta diktatörerna som jag någonsin träffat i mitt liv. Helt kramgåd. Och det, det, det är svårt att tro att han är en diktator, för han är så otroligt, som jag har sagt, han är otroligt kravgång. Och han är, han är bland de bästa, absolut bland de bästa. Och vi har just nu lite soft konversation just nu, och pratar om allting, industrin och livet och hela sköret. Så jag hoppas att ni sitter typ fastspända I, I soffan med er bash och lite kvällsmiddag, vad ni än gör ikväll och typ slår av tvn och kollar in här. Okay, that's a good for you. You can so. stop. <laughs> <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds so German. Uh, it, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, a German, it's a Germanic language, but to be honest, German, a German person would never understand Swedish. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I studied German. I studied German um, when I was when I was at school in Sweden because you could study like, German, Spanish or French. And um, I, I studied German and, and Spanish, and um, I so I, okay so I, I understand a little bit of German, but I know for a fact uh, when I'm around German people and uh, they hear they hear Swedish, they're just like what? Wow! So how many languages can you speak? Um, I'm, I'm bilingual, so I'm obviously English and Swedish. Those are the two things on in terms of voiceover. Those are the jobs I get. Um, I'm conversational in Spanish because I studied Spanish, and I'm also conversational—well, less conversational—in Portuguese. Um, I studied Brazilian Portuguese, so my my accent in Portuguese is very Brazilian. Wow, wow! I'm I'm
0: overwhelmed by the amount of talent that you've got. You've just you you I would always call it like multitasking. You know, you've got your fingers in every every
1: pie. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if it's like multitasking or just like lack of focus. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. now I'm bored. Let's do that. Oh, no, I'm bored. Oh, what about that. So, I mean, I want to say I've got like, I want to say I've got ADD. I definitely want to say that, you know, like that would mm. be going a, a little bit too far. But, you know, I think it's just, I don't know, multitasking or just lack of focus. I don't know. just... <laughs> yeah, but, you yeah, know, but
0: in, a, in, a, in a, especially in the era that we're in where, you know, I'm sure those skills, if you were just one dimensional, uh, so for example, let me just explain in the comedy industry, you're either a live performer or a writer or a voice artist, or you do advertising. Can you imagine if you're just a live performer and you don't do anything else and there is no live performance, which has been the case since March, you're screwed. You're screwed. Yeah. And that's, that's the point I'm trying to make, but it's in this day and age, even if the pandemic wasn't happening, it's better to be multi-skilled because you never know when those skills will be needed.
1: Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. I mean, I think to be honest, I think the same thing goes with acting. Because um, you get you get actors who are. I've been to certain acting classes. Um, I remember, like, I went to an acting course once years ago, and uh, the the facilitator who actually organised it, um, very direct woman, and I, I appreciate her bluntness. Like, that, that's one thing I'm, I'm I'm very I always appreciate bluntness. Mm. Um, but I remember she also, she was also a life coach, which was quite interesting. So she would have like one-to-one chats with us after a 12, 10 week course. And this wasn't my acting education. I already had, I, I already trained as an actor prior to that, but it was like, just like an extracurricular course. And, uh, I remember when she asked me about my progress from week one to week 10, and I remember at that time, I just, I just got signed up with a modeling agency. So I'm like, oh yeah, by the way, I got signed up with a modeling agency. And she was like, you need to make a decision, either you're an actor <laughs> or you're a model. You can't be both. You can't be slashy. You know. I was just like, okay, right, yeah. I was just like, wow. it felt terrible. And I'm like, now when I'm thinking of think of it, I'm like, okay, I can I can hear her. I can, I can see her points. You need to have a certain focus. Like, what do you? What is it that you want to do? But at the same time, don't limit limit yourself because you get some actors who are like, I am an actor. I'm an actor, and that's what I do, and etc. And some actors, for instance. Which is very common. A lot of actors are brilliant actors, and they're so well versed with Shakespeare, and they, they're killing it in the theater game and film game, like just absolutely amazing. But when it comes to movement, it's just like, you know, it's like it's like it's like putting a square peg into a circle sometimes. And you come you come across a lot of that. So I think why you know you, you, why limit yourself? You know, like it's pretty much what you said. Like if you only do live performances, you know. Um, Yeah, best thing. Yeah, don't limit yourself. Makes you, I guess, makes you more interesting. Also, it's more, it stimulates you a lot more as well. You know, it's
0: Mm
1: -hmm. upskilling is stimulating, isn't it?
0: Yeah.
1: I've got lots of questions. Um,
0: So the, the 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 very first one, obviously, is you you have you're a physical performer. You you act, you model, voice artist. Which of which do you prefer? Which which is the most enjoyable
1: out of all of them? Wow. Um, um can you remind me what I do what I do again? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um gosh, well, um I, th- I think I think I'm doing what I enjoy doing. Um I my, my passions are like so my, my passion is movement. I first and foremost, I, I I am a movement performer. I love physical theater, I love devising, I love using my body. Mm. So I'm a very physical performer, I'm a physical actor. I'm, I've mm. always been more comfortable expressing myself with my body and believe it or not, I am um, actually not very confident with speaking. Um, I, I I actually hate speaking in front of a live audience. Public speaking is like the most traumatising thing I can imagine, which is why I tend to struggle a lot with theatre. Um, I, I love, as much as I love, appreciate, regenerate just appreciate the theatre, I love going to, going to see my friends perform and I, I love it and I miss it. But as an actor, I get terrified. So I, I, I'm pretty much doing what I love doing: movement, film, and um, and voiceover. Those those are like literally just I just kind of hold it in on it. Two years ago, and I just realized that's what I want to do. That's what inspires me. That's what drives me. So yeah, I, I'm I'm closer to doing what I just really want to do. So, but yeah, in between the three of them, it's just I don't know. It's really hard. I mean, modeling. I I just I fell into it by accident. Um I, I had friends who were telling me like, oh well, you know, you if you're you know, if you're struggling financially, what are you thought of doing modeling? Because that could really sort things out. And I'm like, what? Okay, uh. Um, I fell into it by accident. So someone just sent a picture of me to a photographer and i just go a phone call and just work through like snowballing. But um, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I know. Like movement i think movement movement is my passion mate and you can incorporate in all of it and modeling and film and whatnot you you That's might not remember
0: it. this but you asked me to come you invited me to uh, one of your theater shows yeah that, that was like that
1: was four years ago that was, yeah, that was, it, that was quite intense because yeah that was should... yeah that was that was that was that was an interesting piece wasn't it? i'd never that was i'd never done anything like that before that was That was completely out of my conference zone. I'd never done something like that. That was very new for me. So, yeah. One of the reasons
0: why I wanted you on this podcast is obviously uh, I tend to focus on political subjects. Uh, I demand that people come to my podcast. And I also demand that people think about what they want, what particular subject they want to talk about. And when I was thinking of guests, I just remember that theater show. If I remember it correctly, it had lots of political messages uh, because it was about oppression. Uh, you know, this is about four years ago, but it it just resonated with me in such a way. It was such a powerful performance that uh, I I enjoyed almost like when I do my comedy, that you could, you know, it's not about preaching to people to convert them, but it's an opportunity that once you're on the platform, uh, either on stage or wherever it is, or you've got a microphone, you have a responsibility to, to impact some messages to people. And that's what yeah. that theatre show um, uh, did for me that day. And uh, it, it, yeah, it's been good. And you're obviously a, a black man. Uh, yeah. What part of the world are you
1: from originally, if I'm from uh, Sweden? Um, oh, uh, apart from Sweden, well, I mean, um, my past is uh, Swedish, obviously, but I'm not, clearly not indigenously. Um, I, it, interestingly enough, my parents are from South Africa. I, 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 I don't look South African. Um, um, but yeah, my, my parents are from South Africa, so yeah. Okay. Um, and you, Have there. you been there? Um, not that I can remember, to be honest. I I, I got the flag just over there somewhere. <laughs> okay, the okay. That's the flag, by the way. Yeah. Um, but um, I, um, I lived in Sierra Leone when I was about three years old. So, and I, I do have quite vivid memories of Sierra Leone, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. let's get to, into the nitty-gritty of it. So I invited you here. And I demanded you. You came on the podcast. I gave you short notice. I said you've got to do this before you travel. Um, and my people made sure you it happened. We couldn't care less whether you were traveling the next day. We also said that you need to focus on a particular subject that you want to talk about. So, what would you like to talk about? What would you like us to explore that is political
1: that is and that you could political. change? Ooh, yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. I guess. I guess. I mean. I feel like. I feel like this. This whole interview is subject to swerve in different ways which is quite nice and you know delicious um, i i i just i i thought about this just now because um so um yesterday i, I went through i went for a voice recording um uh for, for a radio commercial it was like a voiceover job. and um and then the one of the, the client was listening in um and it was it's was for, it for a big like it was for like a, a big sports brand and the client was listening in and um and when I was recording it, um, one of the feedback from the client was, um, "Okay, so um, maybe because I'm because I'm northern, um, I can't do northern accent, but like maybe because I'm northern, but like it's the way you said something, this one word that um, it just sounded a little bit too posh. Do you mind changing it a little bit to make it sound a bit more northern?" And I'm like, "Okay, that's interesting, because I, I this this is just like a general commercial that I was going to be playing on the radio and on Spotify like next week." and um it, it just it just it was it's just aimed at the general public so it, it wasn't a certain for someone up north like in manchester or leeds because in that case they probably would have gotten someone who can do like a northern accent which i can't do um maybe with quite a lot of practice but you know not on the spot so i thought that was quite bizarre but obviously i didn't say that i was like yeah it's, it's the client so i'm like yeah of course sure um I'll, I'll do my best you know um but i remember speaking to my friend about it and we just went wow, that's really bizarre but that just reminded me a little bit um that just that tiny little comment just triggered something um just down the line from memory lane where i've been to quite a lot of auditions and uh, i've been told for instance um could you sound a little bit less well spoken or could you sound a little bit more street or a little bit more urban um obviously depending on if the character i'm playing is I don't know, from you know, South East London or Tottenham, um, where, you know, where where there's a certain like, there's a certain like South East London accent that's spoken by black people, you know, and and then that's that's just like fair enough. But yeah, there've there've been certain jobs where I've been to, like applied for audition wise, where that hasn't necessarily been in the requirement, but um, the client or like, not client, but like the person auditioning me, has said could you just sound a little bit less well spoken and it, and it's it has felt like a very very subjective comment
0: mm-hmm.
1: so they want they want you to sound rather than oh. objective and structural like um you know like... so they want they, they want
0: you to sound urban they want you to sound black yeah
1: yeah yeah they're most like urban and black and i um and i also remember like just further down when i was when i was in drama school i was about 19 and 20 and this this um, agent came to our school. Um, very posh lady, like, like very posh. She was in, like in the 50s, 60s. Very, like, just very, very posh. Very well, well dressed. Very well presentable. Um, like spoke almost like the Queen's English, like heightened RP. And um, I asked her a question, so I was like, um, "So, what's the market like for black for, for black actors?" I was in my second year at, at drama school, and at that, that time. Um, I'm not sure how much you know, about, but at that time, being black was in. You know, the, like people were saying, "Oh, you're gonna get so much work because they want black people now." Now they want black people, whereas like you know, and then it changes, and like it's like, "Oh, you should get a lot," because sometimes it changes from black people to like, "Oh no, now they want like Pakistani actors or Indian actors, mm-hmm. now they want Filipino actors." And I'm hoping that kind of changes. That you know, like um, this is my skin; it's here to stay. It's it's not a fashion trend, right? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? um but um at that time it was okay like at that time black people were getting a lot. it was like there was a lot of requests for black actors mm. so i just asked her, so what's the market like for black actors because i was the only black i was the only black student in my in my in my not just in my year but in my whole school mm. and then she said um there's there's a lot of work for blackers black actors right now um, a lot of tv production companies bbc they are um they're starting to request been a huge amount of requests for um, African actors, African Caribbean actors for for certain jobs. Um, the one thing I would say, just try to look a bit more streets. Just try to look a <laughs> bit more urban streets. And I was just like, I was just confused. I was I was like nineteen and 1920, 20. I was like sort of confused. And even even my classmates or the people in my school who were predominantly white from like middle class backgrounds because most people who go to drama school are actually from middle class white backgrounds, mm-hmm. and because drama school is expensive. But um, and they were like predominantly from like middle class white backgrounds and even they just reacted a little bit to that comment and they were like, even they found that comment quite bizarre, like, well, okay. Um, and, um, and I, obviously I was, I was quite, I'd had, I, hadn't been out of, I hadn't been out yet, you know, so once I came out of the school I kind of understood, I kind of got a prerequisite of that, that comment was a prerequisite of what I was about to Experience. Or sort of like, yeah, me, you know, yeah. Okay, so
0: that's quite interesting. So, you said you were the only black kid in the school. How
1: how did that feel? Um. Well, black kid in the school. That sounds like elementary school. Oh, yeah. I was. I was. I was. Yes, I was the only black student in the school. Um. Do you know what? Like race. Race wasn't necessarily something a that I was. Like it wasn't necessarily it wasn't it wasn't necessarily blown in my face. I never like I didn't have to interestingly enough despite being the only black person I didn't feel like I was reminded of my race necessarily yeah. um I, I, yeah um the one the only time I noticed that noticed that was in terms of um when we were doing plays mm-hmm. or even when we do a small plays um there weren't any characters that kind of appealed necessarily to my casting and like i I just thought I wouldn't necessarily be casted in this mm-hmm. you know. Um, obviously it was great doing like a great experience doing Harold Pinter plays and mm-hmm. um you know and um um I, I was almost gonna say David you know, David Mamet, or you know whatnot on Shakespeare and obviously in Chekhov um it was a great experience trying that to figure out you know you know at least whether whether I enjoyed it or not, you know, at least you know I tried that. But I think I was I was screaming for something that was I have plus like new writing for like black actors, mm-hmm. you know, playing a 19-, 20, 21 year old kid from, I don't know, North London, Northeast mm-hmm. London, mm-hmm. Uh, with their everyday everyday issues, whether it's not necessarily just the stereotypical like, you know, like knife crime and, you know, yeah, knife yeah. crime and drug dealer that you get so much of that you, that you get a lot of, but just like a regular like black 19, 21 year old kid who is at uni and has his, his issues, you know, mental health issues, whatever, whatever that may be. And I, I didn't, I, I never really had that, you know? So yeah, that was, that was, that was one thing. So you
0: clearly have, um, um, an accent that is, that obviously challenges people. So, but you, you remind me of a time when I used to, before I started performing comedy and I spoke, to an interviewer on the phone and it was a you know that they had to do some screening interview screening and then they basically said okay fine come for the face-to-face interview and they were quite shocked when i arrived for the interview because they you know i was black they just <laughs> they just they, they freaked out <laughs> oh. how, how, long, how long ago was
1: how long ago was that
0: they were talking ago? about they were talking about oh well like 25 30 years ago, I know I'm showing sure my age now, but this was like 30 years ago. It's crazy. It was really, it was so obvious that they were in shock. Like, Whoa, it's was about black man sounding like that. Do you, uh-huh. do, it, 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 is that for you, based on all the other th- things that you do, is that an advantage for you or a disadvantage?
1: Uh, so, how do you mean? Like, okay, like, I mean,
0: in terms of your, in terms of the way you sound and the way you, yeah,
1: the way you speak. Um, to be honest, I feel that um, I, i I was almost brought up to believe that it was a disadvantage because um, even like growing up in Sweden, because I, I lived in Sweden until I was eighteen. my I yeah. when I was eighteen, and um, when I was in, when I in, in, when I speak Swedish, I. A lot of people think I'm blonde and blue-eyed, and I've had that, I had an incident when I was in Sweden. Wow! And I was speaking to someone on the phone, and I met them in person. they thought like, "Oh, you're black. You, you you sounded so Swedish." And I've had people come up to me, and go like, "How long have you lived in Sweden? You speak really <laughs> Swedish." You know, and I'm like, "Um, and and sometimes because there, there is actually a big immigration and community in Sweden. I'm not I'm not unique at all. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm yeah, I yeah, I understand I'm that. Black people in Sweden." um but yeah there were moments where i got picked on. um i got made fun of because i spoke i was as quote unquote like proper swedish whatever you want to call it um but since working in london i realized speaking what people said i don't know proper swedish you know whatever you want to call it that has actually been advantageous for me cool. like i've cool. made money of it like voiceover work excellent excellent and i've done i've done like some of the voice of the work I've done has been for big, like you know, obviously you've know, you mentioned in my bio, but also um learn sweet learning Swedish apps. I've done learning Swedish apps, like I've learned my voice for that. So wow. someone who's learning Swedish, they're learning it from a black person. He <laughs> does, does not look blonde, he's not it doesn't look like the architect archetypical Scandinavian person, but everyone who knows. Um so it's it can be frustrating it can be frustrating when you hear people commenting oh you speak so fancy and well you know like it's it's unnecessary it's 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 incredibly unnecessary as a comment, it really is, even if they probably that person might mean it as a compliment, you know, but it's just unnecessary it's almost irrelevant. Yeah, I, agree.
0: Um, I agree, I agree, yeah. I agree, I think for me that's I know that it's it's working for you, especially in terms of the the, the Swedish language. I just find it really. I, I would have thought it's the other way around. That if you were not sounded the way you sounded, that you will face more discrimination. It's almost like, it's almost like when you apply for a job, and you have an African name. That th- yeah. there, there used to be a view where, whoever is going through that application, will never choose an African name, but will choose yeah. someone who has an English name. You. Do you know that, what I'm that is still that is
1: still the problem. That is yeah. still the problem. Yeah. I mean, you you have black londoners who have english sounding names because they are from their parents so from the commonwealth caribbean countries so they yeah. have like anglicized names and then when it comes to the and when it come to the interview they're like oh shit, you know so, well, they, yeah, so there, the there was one recently there was one recently someone told me that um, someone had been
0: been to an organization walked into an organization and was told the person's african name and the person said, oh, that's a, that's, a, that's an African name, isn't it? It sounds really African. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Doris, yeah, so based on the challenges that you faced, if you were a leader, yeah, of a nation or of the world, how would you tackle these issues? What would you want to see change? How would you make that difference? Because obviously you need, you you want to be accepted, for who you are, not based on your skin, you know, or based on how you sound. You know, people should just accept you as you are. But we know there are prejudices that people put people into little boxes, you know, people stereotype by the way you sound or by the way you look. You've already mentioned all the times they want you to sound open. If you were in charge, yeah, leader of the free world, or of a nation, maybe, I don't know, leader of South Africa, not Laughter Republic, there's no way I'll, I'll give up my country for you, <laughs> but maybe South Africa or Britain or wherever, where you were in a position of influence, what, how would you make, what would you, what would you like to see, based on the things wow. you've said?
1: Okay, wow, such a, you know, so much weight in that question. Um, so. Um there's, there's a very thin line between being curious and being um, uh, judgmental, you know? Um, so first of all, I, I, one thing I need to stress is being ignorant is, there's nothing wrong with being ignorant. You know, it's it's your attitude towards your ignorance. So there's one thing being ignorant, asking questions out of ignorance, because you're just curious and you have no shame in asking that. You're like, I'm just, I don't know. and you, But you you need to, as long as you admit that you are ignorant, I look. I am ignorant, and I'm asking because I'd love to get some perspective and learn. I that get get. I'd love for you to educate me on this because I, I don't know about this culture. I've only been I've only been brought up in this community, and it's very homogenous. I haven't traveled much, etc. So there's a difference between that and then someone who's very ignorant um but they are so rigid like so rigidly set in like everything i've been brought up with everything that was everything that, everything that i've been brought up around is the norm to me so anything that's different to what how i've been brought up that is strange and that needs to be pointed out and addressed um whether it's with microaggressions or with passive aggressiveness however you want to do it. so that is a problem now that, that is the problem you know um, and that's someone who doesn't want to admit that they are ignorant we all, we're all ignorant. It's just how we deal with it, right? So that's that's one thing, first of all, that, that I just really, really want to establish. Now, one thing I'd love to um address is um I would love to address um so yes, we live we live in a multicultural city. London is London is a very multi multicultural city, but you do also get certain communities where of pure Londoners who who know very little of the outside world and you know, obviously like some people who just a lot of people who are english they only speak english um so they only speak english they only speak and that's it you know and um and the, the, you know they haven't made the effort of trying to learn and understand other the language well and then they get baffled when they meet people coming from eu countries or other countries and they all of a sudden just they they speak english either they picked up english or they spoke english before in their, in their own country you know it's like wow that's that's crazy and i was like there's no there's no reason for you to hold hold that person in awe like so i think i'd love to encourage i'd love to encourage just more like knowledge in geography to be honest i'd, I'd love to push geography i love to I'd love to push linguistics i love to push anthropology i've always been into anthropology um so i i would love to push that i'd love to push that and just integrate that way more in like schools and faculties um through arts especially in art and media because mate like this this, there's a point where we can laugh about um cultural stereotypes as much as possible you know um and then you know but it it gets to a point where it just gets really old you know it gets to a point where it gets really really old and and sometimes these cultural stereotypes actually becomes teachers to people because and so they meet someone they're like oh you're from that country but that you don't look that's not that's not what I've seen on TV. All I've seen on TV is how people from that country, are, you know. So like when I say Sweden, oh. Oh, clearly, I mean, they understand that I'm not, you know, indigenously Swedish, but when I tell people sometimes I'm Swedish, like, oh, so is your granddad Swedish? or? Oh, and I'm like, um, oh, this, this, this. and I just have to go like, there's this thing called immigration. <laughs> you know, so my parents immigrated to Sweden from somewhere else. You know, um yeah, so I, I love to I love to make that to be honest. I like to make that almost mandatory, like preaching the, the dictator here, but make um just like geography, languages, anthropology even way more mandatory because I've there's one criticism. I've I've noticed quite a bit within the UK. I've come across yeah you know, I've come across people who are born in Bradley who are like very very knowledgeable about the yeah. outside world, the outside world, about the world, and linguistically as well. Yeah. But it's 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 rare. It yeah. is really rare, and it's, it's I think it's a lot of the Commonwealth countries as well. As you get in the UK and also like in the US as well. Yeah. Um, I had some when I was in the US. I had some really, very very amusing um, encounters um, with so many, some some African Americans. I spoke to even like in New York when I was in New York. Um, I had a great conversation with an. Um, interesting conversation with this african-american gentleman he was old enough to be my grandfather very nice very very nice man like he was he was actually really lovely um, um but he just he could tell that I, I had an accent and he was like oh so where are you from I'm like, oh my god oh do they have electricity in london Do they, have, do they have, i'm not even joking i was like do they have electricity in london do they have houses in london like he, he asked he generally asked me these questions and i'm like and I, I was taken aback, and I just went, "Yes, we 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 do." So,
0: because yes, so. he didn't know, he didn't know where England was located, and he obviously thought that I England why. was Africa. Obviously, that's what he
1: thinks. <laughs> possibly, um, possibly, you know. I mean, you know, if if I, to be honest, if I if I grew up in Africa, like we would have a even lengthier conversation because mm. there's these there's stereotypes that you know. That people have about Africa, even black people outside of Africa who've never been to Africa, you know, like the views they might, the views they have of Africa is mm. you know quite shocking, you know. Mm. Um, so that would be something like so as as an African coming as a student to uh maybe like the UK or the US or any you know, anywhere outside of the continent, I can imagine that the, the, the stereotypes they have to deal with. Oh, my God.
0: I tell you what, one of the things that lockdown has done for me is uh, I'm now on TikTok. I've gone viral on TikTok.
1: Oh, man, you've fallen into it. You've fallen, I've fallen into it. I've fallen into it. I have to
0: find a creative outlet. And um, yeah. just before the second lockdown, I went to Speaker's Corner and uh, I went to have a, a address to the public in Speaker's Corner. And um, someone asked me, where are you from? I said, I'm from Liverpool. And he could not believe I was from Liverpool, because I obviously put on a very thick African accent. And he could not believe, even though I was born in Liverpool, he just could not believe I was born in Liverpool. He just thought I was, I was lying. So I posted that on TikTok, And there was a long debate that how can he be born in Liverpool, and he has an African accent. (laughs) Mm. And it really messed their minds up. They were just, The the long, that's how it went viral. People were just passing it on. He says he's from Liverpool, but he has an African accent. He's a liar. But what they don't know is that, yes, I was born in Liverpool and I went back when I was age five to Nigeria. Do you get get it? And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't, I don't have a Liverpoolian accent. I've lost it. You know, I've lost it. But they just couldn't, they just couldn't understand that there are people who travel all over the world, who are immigrants, who move from one place to the other. And they just do, they just couldn't understand it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's been it's been I I know that you have a flight to catch. You're You're on your way to where are you off to without breaching um,
1: re- um, your security? I'm flying to, fly to Stockholm, um, off to Stockholm for Christmas, spend time with family. So. Ah, excellent.
0: So you're going for your Christmas break. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah just for like 10 days or so. Yeah,
0: but, but that's better because if you were in London, that would be tier three. You wouldn't be able to spend. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I know. I mean it's it's pretty intense in Stockholm because they didn't have a lockdown and they they're kind of paying for it right now. So um Oh what what because you, you tend to
0: hear lots of stories. So so they didn't have lockdown. So is yeah. there
1: they've lost a lot of people compared to England? Um no 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 God no, no not not compared to England, I should hope not, because like the, the population in Sweden is less than <laughs> the population in London. Okay. London. So that would be that would be horrible. Okay. But um, in comparison to the neighbor, the neighboring countries like Norway, Denmark, and Finland, they all had lockdowns, and yep. their cases are way less than than Sweden.
0: Okay. Why why did they decide not to have a, a lockdown? Do you
1: know? I don't know, man. I I, I don't know. I mean, someone um, someone I spoke to actually said one thing that's quite interesting he mentioned like well sweets don't like being told what to do um, and i was like okay that's interesting i don't know perhaps um, i was just like i don't know from like a generic and know um, the entrepreneur anthropological i you don't know perspective but um i it, it's a mystery to me it, it really really is um i was actually surprised personally that mm-hmm. they didn't decide not to do that and i was there in october and it was it was so bizarre it was obviously um there were like signs in the distance, and in supermarkets, you were you know you were required to maintain you know like seven foot distance mm-hmm. at least you know mm-hmm. uh, standing at least two meters apart. But well, when, when I was on the tube, like I was the only one wearing a mask on the oh, tube. Yeah, it was it was so it was weird and uh, walk, walking walking on the street, walking in central downtown, central Stockholm, it was like it was like nothing had happened it was it was so bizarre it was just like twilight wow i was i was just baffled wow yeah
0: anyway um, was... um you you take care of yourself down there yeah we're, we're waiting back we're <laughs> waiting for you <laughs> back in england <laughs> <laughs> yeah. scary scary thoughts um yeah but because london as we know is now tier three and it's just all over the place just you know, one of one of my frustrations is that I'm not in power to, you know, address some of these political issues that we have in um, in England, but um, it's what it's what it is. Um, I think they should have just canceled. Christmas. Your, your,
1: your house arrest as well.
0: I'm on the house arrest, but I, I wish they could just cancel Christmas and move it to the summer. That's what they should have done. That's controversial. Well, well, you, you, you know what's really uh, interesting is. When the Muslims were celebrating their own festival, they didn't allow them to. They, they it was a lockdown. So why are you treating the Muslims differently from the Christians?
1: That's a valid point, to be honest.
0: So, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. Just, it's just it's just it's just it's utter shambles, utter madness. Uh, it's just crazy. But look. Let's not talk about the lockdown. I'm
1: sick and tired of talking about yeah. the lockdown
0: to be honest with you.
1: To be but, to be honest with you, I I I don't care much Christmas. I'm I'm not a Christmas person. Um I just I just I just miss summer. I, I want it I want it to be spring. I, I want it to be April, May mm, again. Mm, so yeah. Mm.
0: So what, what are the plans for the future? Are we gonna see you in Hollywood one day or no? <laughs>
1: Oh wow! I mean, I I, it's, I haven't really been thinking it that far. Um, I to, to be honest, I just miss travelling with work again. Um, okay. That's that's just the one thing. This is the longest I've been in the UK um, <laughs> without going abroad. Because mm. normally during summertime, I'm, I'm always abroad. Um, and I was meant to go go abroad for work. But then mm-hmm. obviously, you know what happened. Mm-hmm. So I just miss doing that. Okay.
0: Yeah. Cool. And I've been following you on Instagram. You you. you... Uh, you, you you do have lots of um, videos. The last one I saw, you were dancing in a room.
1: <laughs> yeah, do you know what? My, yeah, like you said, you need to use TikTok for your creative outlet. I I just um, my life prior to COVID was going to dance classes and movement classes because I you know um, so I was I was going I was going bonkers, mate. So, <laughs> I just started um i just started combining Oh, movements music to my passions boom let's mash them together let's yeah. dance, those those videos let's put them up and i became i've become a better mover because of that I've excellent actually excellent, much mover excellent. It.
0: so look don't let me take t- uh a- a- any more of your time we've been talking now for well over 30 35 if not 40 minutes and i know what is how, how was it what's the travel time like from england to sweden is it
1: uh two and a half hours oh so it's not it's yeah. not long no it's not too long but you know what it takes two and a half hours to fly to switzerland apparently which is further down okay down. So. okay anyway enjoy the christmas and
0: uh happy new year uh, i don't know how to say merry christmas happy new year in swedish
1: but maybe in swedish yeah. okay right repeat after me good jul. good jul. that's merry christmas och and Och kant. Oh, no, no, no. Och means and. Och. 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 OK, well, <laughs> let's let's keep practicing on. Got. 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 Nitt.
0: Nitt. År. År. Yeah, I was yeah. go <laughs> <laughs> God jivlo look, look nytt år. Merry <laughs> Christmas will happen to you. Yeah, so thank you so much. I, I will let you know when I publish this. It will be on YouTube. So you 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 will be viewed on YouTube and you will also your podcast will be downloaded um, either on Spotify all these other platforms. But it's been it's been a real pleasure, uh, and I, no, no, no. I and I wish you every success, continued success in your modeling, voiceover, physical performer, actor, everything that you wish for. I hope you continue to uh, achieve it. And who knows, maybe when. Um, this lockdown is over and the pandemic is over we can catch each other's shows who knows because i i'm intending to go back into the theater actually i can talk to you about that some other time i, I want to start doing theater shows
1: um uh, I, oh, yeah. oh, I would love that i oh my god I, i just i crave going to the theater
0: yes i, I know
1: just, I miss, i just miss seeing a show and i you remember know, the show you did in uh, in stoke newington um a couple of years ago like what, what was it five years ago it yeah. was like a stand-up show that was right that was funny man oh is that um i really um, enjoyed that is that the memories ryan's of me- the memoirs
0: of president abonjo or something like that yeah
1: yeah it was like ryan's bar in stoke newington that was yeah that, that was no funny.
0: no th- those were those were the good days and it, it's just really i mean i was supposed to be performing tomorrow in hastings mm. and uh they decided that it was tier three and the promoter had sold was sold out and then i found out this afternoon, it's not happening. So oh, General COVID has won. He he or she has won the year. You, Humanity is just a complete <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> an utter yeah. write-off. But um yeah. we I can't wait for the year to just end and, and see what happens for 2021. But I'm I'm hopeful. I yeah. I mean, if I stay alive and I'm not assassinated by the British government um, or COVID doesn't get me. I have done well this year. I have done well this year. but um, My yeah. friend, it's,
1: it's, a, it's a scary world out there. So, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're being brave. We're being brave every single day. We step, we we step outside.
0: Yes, definitely. So good luck. save Johnny. And, um, that's it folks. That's it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed what was such a very wonderful conversation with Durasay. Um, I didn't even
1: ask him how, how can people find you if they want to follow you um yeah so um obviously don't follow me in real life okay kind of creepy but um so uh, I, uh, I i tend to use instagram mainly so um i'm, I'm the easiest person to find on instagram which is kind of scary but uh so durasi it's just at durasi um mm-hmm. that's the flat platform i use the most um I'm on Twitter and Facebook, but I, I, to be honest, i rather use them. Twitter confuses me. Facebook, well, I just can't be bothered. So yeah, I mean, it's mainly Instagram.
0: OK, so I, I thought it was such a wonderful conversation. A man with many talents speaks all sorts of languages, you know, multi-skilled, multi-skilled uh, black man doing pretty well. And we need a lot more of them out there to break the stereotypes I, I found what was really useful. There was this discussion about um, racial stereotyping and the casting and and his experience. So listeners, I hope you have found this extremely useful. I know he's going to Sweden. We've already had two downloads from Sweden. Two people have downloaded uh, a previous episode. So I suspect that we'll probably get more downloads from Sweden uh, because Durace is from (laughs) from (laughs) but If I don't have another podcast before Christmas, I want to wish my listeners a fantastic Christmas, but I suspect I will have another one because, you know, I can't rest. I'm doing this podcast like I'm shooting jokes, like I'm at war, and that is exactly what I'm going to continue to do. So Merry Christmas in advance, and I'm sure I will release this before Christmas Day and there might be another one before then, but thank you so much.
1: Awesome.